Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS with Fiona and the Members Academy. Today I'm going to talk about something I've wanted to talk about for ages, but I know it's going to make me deeply unpopular. It's all about idioms and we all love idioms, especially if you love language and you love learning language. Idioms are fascinating, they're fun, they're interesting, they sound nice when you hear people use them and a lot of people try to use them in the IELTS speaking test thinking that it will increase their score but and this is a huge but idioms are really dangerous and they can often have the opposite effect of what you're trying to achieve I know this from the point of view of me being a language learner. Um, when I was learning French for my degree, I lived in, I shared a flat with like four French girls and every night when we were cooking, they would say patates instead of pommes de terre for potatoes. And I thought this was such a cool word. I thought this is just so different from just saying potatoes. The equivalent in English is spuds. It's an informal slang word for potatoes. So I started saying patat because everybody else did. And one of them just said, Fiona, don't say that. It sounds really weird when you say it. And I now I can see why. It just didn't suit me. It didn't fit me. I was a, a learner. I wasn't, I don't know. It was it just wasn't right. And I really appreciated them telling me that. Otherwise, I would never have known. So I see it as my job to point out things that other people might not. And in this podcast, I'm going to go into more detail about why idioms are so dangerous. First of all, task two, just don't use them. We'll come to that later. General training, informal letters, great. Use idioms speaking, use idioms. If you're 100% sure of these three things, and the three things I'm going to talk about are accuracy, appropriacy, are you using them in the right context? And the, f the last one is, I call it accent, but what I mean is pronunciation. This has a huge effect on how well idioms come across. So an idiom, as you know, is something where the real meaning isn't guessable or predictable from the usual meaning. And the one I'm going to use a lot in this session is uh, sling your hook. <laughs> um, I watch a soap opera in the UK called Coronation Street, and they often have uh, characters from different countries. But what I noticed is that they always give these characters idioms that are totally unnatural. Even though they are excellent English speakers, their, their script or their lines seems to give them these weird, old-fashioned idioms that just don't suit them. And they really stand out and make these people look like they don't belong, which is terrible. And it makes me really angry because there's no need for it. So the character I'm referring to is Alina. And she's, uh, she's a young uh, beautician. Her 
English skills are excellent. And they gave her the line, sling your hook, which nobody says. Nobody. I don't know anybody who would say that. And and I've Googled it and it, it apparently belonged to the dockers in the London in the 1930s. And when they wanted to get rid of somebody, they said, sling your hook, which means throw your anchor. And, you know, it just became an expression. But but that expression really belongs to a certain group of people. I would probably say, mm, well, maybe male, <laughs> um, maybe working in the docks in London. And yes, people use it, but very often for comic effect, because it's such a comical fl- phrase, um, I've, I've. If you go to my website, I've, I've got a whole blog about this. You'll see um, Nessa, the Welsh character on TV, famous Welsh character, famous for being quite aggressive and scary. And she says it. She says, sling your hook. But they chose that idiom for her to show a part of her character. And it's extremely funny to watch. Um so coming back to the dangers of of idioms the the problem with this particular one is you have to think okay who uses this idiom generally what maybe generation used it what gender what profession um what location even um when do they use this idiom well in most cases it's when you're angry and You've got the confidence to tell somebody to go away, which mm, isn't so common. Um, Why do people choose to use this idiom instead of saying just go away or get lost? Well, they've chosen it in these cases because it's humorous. It shows humor, sarcasm, irony, anger, maybe. And how often do people use this idiom? Do you? often hear it? Do you hear people saying it? Have you heard it on TV? I'd love to know. These are the things you really have to think about before you think it's okay to use an idiom. Um, Now, if you, another example of this is on my website. If you go and watch, there's a short clip from The Office. And I think this really sums it up. So The Office was a series that started in the UK. It was written by Ricky Gervais. And the Americans made a version of it called The US Office, I think. And in this scene, um, the British man, Ricky Gervais, meets the American man in a lift. And the British man says, oh, sorry, mate in his British accent, very fast, very natural. It's natural for him to say that. And the American man says, oh, I'm sorry, mate. And Ricky thinks this is really strange because Americans don't tend to say mate. And so Ricky thinks that this man is making fun of him, of his accent, of, of being British. So it can have all kinds of effects when you when you try to use something that is not in your part of your identity, I guess. Um, so the scene goes on and he kind of says, are you taking the mickey? Again, another very British expression. 
and so on. It's just a really interesting scene where the American stands out by using a perfectly acceptable word in a perfectly natural context with a perfectly good accent, and yet it sounds wrong. So let's move on. <laughs> right, three things to get right. I'm reading this from my blog and go and have a look if, if I missed anything here. So the sling your hook idiom, we've talked about who can say this. Um, but also, it's the way you say it. So idioms are thrown into conversation quite spontaneously without thinking about it. So when you tell somebody to sling your hook, um, there's a weak sound. It could be sling your, your hook. Or um, if you drop the H, it'll sound like sling your rook, sling your rook. And that has to come out really, really fast and natural, naturally, sling your rook. I couldn't say it. It just would sound wrong if I said it. But the pronunciation of it is absolutely crucial. And if it comes out, I don't know, too carefully, too slowly, or if each word is enunciated, then... It, it's complete. It just sounds weird. As my French friend said to me, it just sounds weird. Um, and with the Romanian girl who has a beautiful accent and, and speaks really beautifully, she said, sling your hook to in, into, with each word very clearly separate, which possibly that was what made it sound so weird but also that it just didn't suit her personality or or her age and, and so on. Whereas when you look at the, the Nessa, the Welsh woman, she says, sling your rook or I'll break your face. That's part of her character and it's funny the way she says it. Um, so number one, accuracy. The first thing you have to get right. And this is uh, where I probably see the most mistakes and maybe I'll ask you to see what you think is wrong with them. Very often these are on social media accounts and they're telling people, don't say this, say this. And, and they're completely wrong. They're just completely wrong. So the first one I saw, I, I collect these. The first one was talk to my hand, which means I'm not listening to you. And they said, instead of saying, I'm not listening to you, say, talk to my hand. Uh, okay, the expression is talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. It's really dated. It was used in the 1990s when it became cool. I think I probably would say talk to the hand jokingly to my son because it now sounds funny. Um, but main thing was that it was the wrong um, pronoun. Talk to my hand? No, you say talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. So if if you change just one small thing in an idiom, it, it throws the whole thing. It, it becomes hysterical. So somebody kindly shared another one on uh, Twitter with me and they said, I'm having a bun in my oven. <laughs> um, again, the expression is I have a bun in the oven. I have a bun or she has. It's, again, you probably don't say it about yourself. You'd say it about somebody else. You'd say, 
She's got a bun in the oven. I learned this expression from watching Grease, which was a 1970s American film. And I learned it in the 80s. Does anybody say it anymore? I don't know. But doesn't matter. The whole expression is wrong because it's the wrong tense. You don't say it about yourself. The article is wrong. The pronoun is wrong. And it just sounds hysterical. Um, more commonly, ones that I hear, uh, you'll, you'll pass with a flying colour. So should be plural with flying colours. Fine, you can say that. I'm sure you'll pass with flying colours, but not a flying colour. Um, one I saw today in a task two, um, people don't have enough money to make their ends meet. Correct expression, to make ends meet. If you say make their ends meet, it just sounds, well, funny. <laughs> um, I wanted to take the test, but I got a cold foot. Singular plural again, I got cold feet would be great, meaning you panicked, you changed your mind because you were afraid. Um, I have some time on my hand. Sounds funny because you imagine a clock or a watch on your hand should be plural on my hands. Uh, I'm on nine clouds, should be I'm on cloud nine. And the last one, the early birds catch the worms is plural, but it should be singular. The early bird catches the worm. And, and again, with that last one, when do you say that? You don't, the, those kind of proverbs, they're so long and laboured. I mean, you, everybody knows what you mean. If you just say early bird, ha, huh, the early bird, you know what they say about the early bird. You don't need to say that whole proverb for people to understand your meaning. And as soon as you start to say the whole thing, it, it becomes unnatural. There, there are lots like that where you say, ah, oh, every cloud, meaning Every cloud has a silver lining. You don't say the whole thing. You say half of it. My sister yesterday said silver linings to me on the phone. Silver linings, meaning every cloud has a silver lining. So, so listen to how people say them. By all means, use them if you're using them in the way they are naturally used. So that brings us to the second point, which is appropriacy. Um, and the biggest problem is that you need a deep understanding of how and where they are used. We've mentioned this, that you can't throw them in willy-nilly. You can't just throw an idiom in and hope it'll give you extra points. Idioms are age-specific. So there's a new word, sick, which means good. And teenagers say it. But I can't. I would sound ridiculous. I'm too old to say it's sick. Um, there are idioms like kicked the bucket to say somebody died. Well, this could cause real upset. It, it's an it's a idiom which brings up a lot of emotion. I mean, you, you know, if somebody's emotional about a death, then it could have a terrible effect. Um, there are some idioms that are just spoken, so you wouldn't write them in a letter. For example, I haven't seen you for donkey's years. It would be a strange thing to write in a letter. You might want to say, I haven't seen you for ages, which is a bit more natural. 
Um, the thing about time, you know, the expression raining cats and dogs, which belongs to a completely different era, lovely as it is, nobody says it. So a lot of these proverbs have become overused and cliches. They are old and tired because people really can't be bothered to say the whole thing um, like every cloud. Um, and, and here are some examples where the idiom is correct, maybe accurate, but used wrongly. Um, so I feel over the moon when I go to the market. So over the moon means really happy, maybe delighted, but you don't feel over the moon when you go shopping. It's usually one event. Um, I was over the moon when I got the news. So you can't use it to talk about a general daily event like shopping. Um, I saw a famous person once in a blue moon. This this person wanted to say, I've never seen a famous person, which would be much better. <laughs> I saw this in a task two, which is better, bicycles or cars in town centres. And they said, you should go by bicycle to be as fit as a fiddle. So fit as a fiddle, you don't use in academic writing. And also it tends to be used when you're talking about maybe older people that you wouldn't expect to be fit. You'd say, oh, don't worry about him. He's as fit as a fiddle. Fine, but not when you're arguing that people should travel by bike. It's just not the right place. I'd like to go there because it's my cup of tea. A cup of tea, this expression, it's not my cup of tea, usually used in the negative. Again, quite ironically, not very common now people tend to say it's not my kind of thing. It's, 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 I don't like that kind of thing. Maybe more natural. Can you shed some light on my essay? I've seen this in so many Facebook groups that I left the groups. You don't shed light on your essay. Shed light on means like uh, there's a situation where there's a lot of confusion. Maybe could you shed some light on this? Could you help me understand a bit better? You don't shed light on an essay. And so on. Go and have a look at my blog. <laughs> uh, the last one is pronunciation. We talked about weak forms. And um, we're doing a lot about this in my speaking bootcamp at the moment. The importance of the schwa, the weak sound. So this expression is lovely. It cost an arm and a leg. Brilliant. Use that. Cost a fortune. Really nice way. But... Say it naturally. It costs an arm and a leg, an arm and a leg. All weak sounds, you only really hear arm and leg. Cost an arm and a leg. Fast speech will make it sound more natural. Um, finally, there are times when idioms are actually better than what the alternative is. I've been collecting these. Somebody said, oh, my heart sank when I saw him meaning I was really disappointed. But that image of your heart sinking just sums up the feeling much better than saying I was disappointed. Um, they sent me on a wild goose chase. I was annoyed because I wasted time looking for something that didn't exist. Immediately, you picture people chasing geese and not catching them. So it's a lovely idiom. Um, 
And this one, you're barking up the wrong tree. This is what I feel about idioms. I think if you're trying to increase your score by using idioms, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're looking in the wrong place or choosing the wrong course of action to achieve your goals. Um, okay, all idioms have a specific time and place. So what can you do? How can you learn idioms and how to use them more naturally? Think about when you do listening, when you listen to the news or TV or interviews, how often do you hear that expression? Who says it? And what context? And how do they say it in fast speech? Um, you'll probably hear people say get lost or F off when when they say go away rather than sling your hook. Um, instead of rain and cats and dogs, people say things like it's pouring with rain. It's bucketing down is much more natural. She's got a bun in the oven. She's expecting. It's slightly more polite as well. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my kind of thing. Um, he knows his onions. I love this expression, but he knows his stuff is more natural. And I'm going to hit the sack. I'm off to bed. So to conclude, idioms are informal and you should only use them in the speaking test or in general training, informal letters to a friend. They shouldn't really be used in task two essays, although there are some exceptions, even like on the other hand is an idiom. And just some notes, funny notes at the end. Um, I'm not criticizing you for getting idioms wrong. Lots of people do, me included. And again, this is why they're dangerous. So um, up until about three years ago, I used to use the expression, oh, that party was a damp squid. <laughs> I thought the expression was a damp squid, the, the animal, and because I'd heard people use it and I'd picked it up, a damp squid. But actually, the correct expression is a damp squib. A squib is a firework that didn't go off because it was damp. That makes a lot more sense than a damp squid. So a damp squib means, um, yeah, a disappointment when you were really looking forward to something. So like a good party you were looking forward to, but nobody turned up. So it was a damp squib. And there's an actual word for this. It's, it's called malapropisms, where people just choose the slightly wrong word and um, they're just really funny. And I've got a link to a website full of them um, you can find on my blog. And, and the last one is um, when I was in Poland, I was in a staff room full of teachers and one teacher said that I was a minefield of information. Minefield is something dangerous, like idioms, like wherever you step, there's danger. Um, and what he meant was a mine of information, like a coal mine that you can get a lot of information from. And in any other situation, I think he would have been okay. Nobody would have noticed that. But he was in a, a class full of teachers who started thinking, hang on, is it minefield or mine? And when you say minefield, it suddenly sounds very funny. And I've made this mistake. I had a boss, a female boss, who um, 
I asked her, I'd been asking lots of people and I said I wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, meaning directly from the person who knows. But the suggestion was that she had a horse's mouth. Anyway, it was very embarrassing and I'm never going to use that idiom again. Okay, so how do you know if you're using idioms wrongly? Well, we've been doing the boot camp. We have live lessons every single day. And I think uh, this is where we maybe notice them. We kind of think, mm, it's a nice idiom, but I don't think I would say it in that context. Like me, I had a nice friend who thought it was better that she told me that I was using the wrong idiom or it sounded wrong. So you need those kind of people to tell you and that the only way to do that is to practice and make mistakes. That's how we learn. So in the speaking bootcamp, we're in week two at the moment um, and we're learning a lot. We're talking a lot about the weak forms that you need to make these idioms sound natural and also about which idioms are the best ones to use. So that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Please do let me know if you've got any idioms that you want to check. Um, leave a comment in the blog. Or if you've seen any idioms on social media that you think could be a little wrong, not quite right, then please come and check them with me and I'll try to help. Okay, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.